Heavenly Father, we thank you for yet another opportunity to gather in your presence. Holy Spirit, we believe that you're with us. We invite you to come and take control. Lead us the way we're supposed to go. Pray for our listeners. I pray that you continue to bless them and meet them in the point of need. I pray that you open our hearts to your word today. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Media Podcast, where we take the time to slow down, self-reflect, and talk about the goodness of God. I'm Ike Della. And I'm Lawrence. Together, we're the co-founders of Tefila Media, where it is our mission to spread the goodness of Jesus as far as a little part of the internet can take it. We pray that you're touched and encouraged by our journey. Episode two, like I say that about every episode, but this one is going to top it. We have um, <laughs> my awesome friends, um, and Abigail. I've known them forever, been out of touch a little bit, but you know, we still one here and there, Abigail, um, and I, and they are amazing people of mm. God. So, we are interested to pick their brain and to hear what they have to say on our topic today. Yeah. All right. Do you guys want to say something? Tell us a little bit about yourself. Yes, please. You know. I want to know. Yeah. Oh yeah. Hi, everybody. Um. Yeah. We are the Adubes. Uh, the longtime friends with the Dafiamepos. <laughs> yeah. And uh. Yeah. We excited to be here. I believe that um our time of of fellowship is being reignited. Um. Especially. In these kind of conversations, uh, I hope um, I was excited when I heard that you, you guys were, you know, engaging others in podcasts and having real conversations about biblical truths and also connected to some somewhat a real world understanding of Christianity. Uh, are we excited, first of all, to be here? Myself, my wife. Uh, excited to have you. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. So, all yours. Yeah. Abigail, it's, say something. Yes, please. Come on. What are you beautiful boy? Phil said everything. We're excited to be here and we are eager to know what the Holy Spirit will unveil mm. to all of us, even though we might have answers. But I believe that every time we come into the presence of God, even though we already know, He somewhat surprises us so i'm very expectant as well to know what will come out of this yeah yeah awesome yeah -hmm. yeah i was gonna say i think it's very important that you mentioned the holy spirit giving answers and how candid it is because like once again like we always do you get the question 
just when the meeting is about to start. So you don't have time to prepare and dive into the encyclopedia or do some other things and all that. But notebooks. Not be the case. You know, there are two verses that really minister to us when we talk about being um, ready, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, yeah. The first one in Paul tells Timothy, "Be instant, preach the word in and out of season." Right, mm-hmm. and then and then Peter now talks about it in First Peter, where he says, "Always be ready to give to an give, answer yeah. for them which have an answer for question for you for the hope that is revealed in you." Wow. Um, yeah. You know, yeah. um, and also obviously Philemon says that the sharing of your faith be effectual in the knowledge mm-hmm. of your Lord Jesus Christ. So there is that. Um, aspect of us where we should be willing Prepared. participants, yeah, yeah right, of, of the gospel, always be ready. Is this for me or for you? All of us, <laughs> <laughs> for everybody, we're all learning from it. That's that, right, that is a good point. Wow. Um, we still like the candidness <laughs> of it, but then again, you are always ready, and that is what we we're gonna. I learned something just in the best right? five minutes, right? Yeah. I'm learning yeah. something already. Um, <laughs> So like I, I said, we said earlier, um, the podcast goal really is to spread the word of God, basically, like mm-hmm. um, fundamentally, that is our goal, right? And to, you know, tell people that it's not so bad, you know, it's the best thing that you can do for yourself, That's right. really, That's right. um, is to follow Christ. Mm. And so um, in talking and thinking about that, though, we've come up with this word religion, which People put a very bad connotation towards, and we kind of want to talk about that. Like, how mm. how do you separate, or what what do you think? What do you think when someone says religious people are like this? Like for me, I don't really like the word religion like anymore. First, like before, I didn't care because I just thought it's like it's not religion. It's my religion. It's my religion, right? But now I I find that people have a bad connotation towards that word, and when they say, oh, religion. Like, I prefer to say I follow Christ because religion could really mean anything, right? So, but when people say um, religious people are like this or religious people are like that, like, what, what, how do you defend or how do you, I don't know, how do you separate Christianity from the, the group together religion aspect of Christianity, <laughs> if I'm making any sense. You do. It's a very beautiful question. And I'm sure that someone is very easy. Go ahead. Tell the scope of the time. Go ahead. Well, I guess I'll tackle it first since I'm going to be put to bed. Anyway, <laughs> um, I get the concept why people would think that some people are religious because of routine, um, how rigid things can be and um, how, I'll say, um, I'll say culture and something, routine also who can create that concept, right? Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, I have to go to church on Wednesdays. I have to go to church on Sundays. Um, I don't eat this. I don't touch this. You know, those things that, create a sense of these are the things I must do to prove my my sense of belonging to um, a certain group or 
even in Christianity, let me put it that way. Um, well, there were days that, you know, I did practice religion in terms of if you wear a long skirt, if you cover your hair, if you do things a certain way, it would prove that you are pure and true. And so you turn to indirectly um, send a message to people who don't know God, right? Mm-hmm. But then when we jump into that personal relationship with Christ, all those things die out. So it's that encounter with Christ, right? And the liberty that comes with knowing Jesus Christ, where the things that we used to think that when, you know, our grandparents did it, our mothers did it, um, the things that we learned from our, um, you know, our parents who maybe never really opened the Bible and encountered the Holy Spirit and the transformation that comes with encountering the, the true transformation that comes with being born again, the born again experience, right? Yeah. So, and that is in the place where um, we, when we encounter the Holy Spirit, the transformation, the renewal of our minds, right? When we encounter God and fall in love with him, a lot of things change. The manifestation of Christ Jesus in us, where um, we will love people more and not say you need to do A, B, and C in order to belong, right? The expression of Christ Jesus, the kindness, the fruit of the spirit. Those are the things, if you, if we cannot say, I used to be like this, right? Mm-hmm. And since I encountered Christ, I was transformed, then we are being religious, right? This, I'm, talking about, I'm talking about it in the, in the Christian perspective. There's no difference between you and a Muslim and a Buddhist, right? And yeah. so this faith comes with the liberty of serving God, praying whenever, right? You can pray at work. You can pray in the car. You can pray. You don't have to have like, oh, I have to go to church to pray. There is those things that you feel the presence of God so much anywhere, every day, every moment that there is, there is no routine. Not that there shouldn't be a structure and principle in the Christian faith, but when you fall in love, some rules fall. Like when you met your husband, you have rules, right? It falls off when you're in love. True. Right? Your curves <laughs> fall off. Your, mm-hmm. yeah. You become so available in that mm. moment that you lose sight of who you, even who you are because that love of Christ has taken over you so much so that religion does not even make sense anymore because it's a yeah. personal relationship with it that you are in touch with a being that used to be so far away but that experience has become so real uh, i want to stop here and let um so i think now piggybacking off what you were saying yeah. you're looking at it from you asked the question first of all even the significance of religion mm-hmm. and and comes the ability to have a, to now say, is Christianity a religion in the first place? And if it is, um, and it qualifies, what makes it distinct? And I think that's the layers we are trying to peel off here, right? If yeah. truthfully, Christianity religion, absolutely, yes, it is. Um, unfortunately, I think the word religion has a bad connotation or name tag from it, but we cannot question its, uh, its where it comes from, whether it's archaeology or it's epistemology or any type of roots that is coming from. Metaphysically, it's true. 
it is a religion is simply means that um, has as its heart. Um, for instance, when James called that this is pure and undefiled religion, that, if, that you take care of the widows and the orphans and be unspotted, uh, live an unspotted and blameless life from this world. He is, he is obviously making a claim for why even religions exist. He's giving a heart to it. And if you look at any religion or religious attitude, it is having a level of exclusivity away from the humanity to med when it being a metaphysical, supernatural, um, and having to dutifully align yourself or your life to that. However, Christianity, where it takes itself away from what we call religious context, because remember, Jesus Christ even calls the Pharisees religious leaders. So it's not that it's, it's it, again, it's not that Christianity does not qualify in, the, in sort of the um, umbrella of what a religion is, as just a regular term you use in the world, because we didn't ever qualify as a religion, but it, it does has, have a religious aspect, which is the devotion to um, being unspotted in this world. And then secondly, uh, our duty of having love towards others and doing it consistently. However, it, Christianity is the only religion that takes the end from the beginning and not the other way around. So whereas other religions are like, you are trying to achieve a godlike or a supernatural state, and therefore you have to commit to doing, Christianity rather says, no, it's an act of just being and God rather doing in us his will. So eventually it's more than just a religion, it becomes a relationship. Wow. And so obviously you are committed to being in the nature of Christ and serving in the identity without necessarily making it a religion, but rather a relationship, right? You are not forced to do it, rather you found the joy of rather doing it, not because of merit, not because it's merit-based or work-based, but because the grace personifies you and this is who you are, right? So for instance, when you become God-like, or I have the sense of godliness in a relationship with the Father, there are things that you do out of it. So Paul, in fact, almost all the, the epistles in the, in, the, in the Bible, and especially in the New Testament, not starts off telling you about your relationship with Christ. In Ephesians, for instance, what he tells you, you are accepted in the beloved, you are this, you are predestined, and what, before now he tells you, said it, the, what you call the imperatives. Now he tells you, therefore, Knowing this, be ye followers, right? It's, it's, it's not telling you to be religious, rather by saying that because of your identity, because of your relationship with God, do not quench the spirit, know how to talk to others. It is giving you a, a, let it ooze out of you, the relationship you have with Christ. And that is why Jesus Christ, for instance, spends the times with disciples, not telling them what to do, but building a relationship in the gospels. Look at it, he never made them, gave them any commandment. In fact, when the only commandment he gives in the, the whole of the New Testament in John 13 and John 15, and it was the same commandment. It says a new commandment I give you. Not even love your God with all your heart and your mind. Not even the, 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 the laws of the commandment. He actually tells them that a new commandment, that love each other as I have loved you. And then he ends the story there, right? And that is the only commission he gives them before he now raises up from the dead and tells them that, you know, even that which you ought to do, he says you carry. You know, just Acts 1.8, right? When the Holy Ghost comes upon you, then you shall be able to do these things. So he's not even telling them to be religious. He's actually rather. It was only in the days of Antioch, then you get to realize that these people had lived like Christ so much that they started calling them Christians. So their life was not, was not based on the religious aspect of what he did, 
like Cornelius and all the other guys who came into it, is that they found a relationship that caused them to. So when they go into Acts chapter two, it says they continue steadfastly in fellowship, in doctrine, in breaking of bread. It's just out of the, that relationship that they have, it makes it look like it's a religious ground for it. And so ours comes from a very different nature. Now, for a Muslim, you can look at five pillars of Islam and the articles of faith that you have to do to, to appease. And then obviously the credits on, um, you know, Muhammad, the prophet, though all those things. Then you look at the Buddhism and you look at the, 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 the giving yourself to, you know, the monkey, the, the, the monastery and, um, and so many other things, right? <laughs> so all of these things, I would say, then becomes a religious to earn, to appease, to seek to please. But in God, he, rather in Hebrews 13, he says he works in us both willing to do. And he says, work, that's right. And in Hebrews 13, where he actually now tells you that he, he, you know, the God of peace who threw me up the everlasting Lord of the covenant, he says, me now equip you to do, to accomplish what is well-pleasing in his sight. So he is doing in you what is much more well-pleasing in his sight. Mm-hmm. And even if you are not, right, the, the, the marriage union that we have been espoused into, he says daily he sanctifies us to keep mm-hmm. us blameless and holy, right? In this relationship, it's not, so that's where we get to define that, wow, this is more than what other religions are. This is I am living a life of relationship that seems to be like a religious attitude. Why we pray is not because I have to pray five times to appease somebody. Why we pray is because there's a there's a spirit in you mm. that is preset, that is just one, just longs. You know, the spirit groans, Abba Father. We we we, all, we, we and we talk to many times because just like a relationship that you have with your father, it, it, you know, you you don't you know your, your earthly father. Let's say he's a he's a good one at that. You just go to him like, I mean, the kids here, like, hey, they, every time they, they, you know, if I'm not there for a moment, they will ask where I am. They want to sleep next to you. They want to do that. That longing, they mm-hmm. do it for a while. It doesn't mean they are religious about it, but the relationship is causing them to always depend upon you. Wow. That is where it, that's where it changes from a religion to become a relationship that is purpose-driven. Wow. Wow. So good. So good. <laughs> Thank you so much, um, Philip. I mean... You've said so much. Both of you have said so much. I wrote down some notes. Um, and I know it doesn't happen like immediately, right? So when let's say a new Christian, I mean, I'm I don't I've been in church for a long time, but I still consider myself um a new Christian, to be honest. Um, and sometimes it's it takes time to get to not having that routine like that we're talking about like you don't get things into routine because you have to do it like you said you're in a relationship with god and you love god so how do we um tell young christians like me right um or how do we encourage them encourage them or encourage us to like watch out for falling into routines that don't matter right because everything that we do should come should have a reason um and the reason should be the right ones too because you're not you know our, our religiosity should not be based on just routine so how do we how do you tell like someone you know or encourage them to not fall into a regular routine of oh i go to church every sunday and yeah, pray at this time of day 
or like whatever i like what 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 do you say to someone so that they can take it more deeper than just a routine if that's something that can be <laughs> Oh, first of all, for all, for all intents and purposes, for those who are listening, Na is not a young Christian. <laughs> you, you could, the songs alone that she sings, mm. that song she can, is deep and annoying. Oh, oh, come on. Yeah, you're going to cut crazy. all this out of... Just in case you're weighing yourself as a true new Christian, you're comparing it to this kind of nah, Christian. Nah, he's, he's old. He's an old soul in the face. Um, so, your question. Can... It's so easy to get into routine, right? There's nothing wrong with routine. Um, if it's a genuine presence with God, a genuine encounter with God, right? There are some times that you don't choose the routine, but the routine chooses you. Um, when you grow in the faith at some point, you get certain reminders that you need to be in the presence of God. And you realize that you find yourself at 11 p.m., you are longing to be with God. Um, he's calling you, right? Or at 12 a.m., you feel like there's a thirst to read the Bible, right? There were times that we were told, you know, read your Bible, pray every day if you want to mm-hmm. grow. And it's good. It's, it's good. But there's a certain place that you grow as a new believer where you get so, you get to be sensitive to the Holy Spirit, Right? It's okay to start with routine if that is where you find discipline in the word of God, right? If you say, I'm waking up and I'm going to do my morning devotion for 15 minutes, it's fine. The most important thing is that you're building up on that relationship where as you read your Bible for 15 minutes, the next day you find yourself reading for 20 minutes because you are so engrossed in that presence, right? And then there's a thirst to pray. You find yourself praying for 15 minutes. Then it, because the Holy Spirit is our teacher and he is our mentor. So if only you have his 15 minutes in the beginning, he will take that because his desire is that he'll make us more like Christ Jesus. So giving him that 15 minutes every morning is so that he will build you up. Mm. He will grow you. There's nothing wrong with routine, but you get to a point where you become so sensitive that, you know, I don't want to gross people up, but there are times that my feet will burn. And it's those, it's the presence. There's a time that I feel like speaking in tongues. And it's the presence that God wants you to pray. There's a times that there's a longing to read a book like Ephesians. You know, so once we grow, we come out of our carnal mind to say, this is how I grew up. And this is how I used to read the Bible. Mm-hmm. And this, the Holy Spirit will show you. There's time that you have to pray and intercede for somebody that, you didn't know you had to intercede for. He will remind you of somebody. So the most important thing in the routine is that you would grow in sensitivity to the Holy Spirit as he leads and guides you into maturing you into your gifting. One, um, you, you know, your, your spiritual gifting, mm-hmm. your calling, and why you, sh- you know, maybe you're supposed to, evan- to be an evangelist. So maybe you find yourself, you know, mm-hmm. reading the Bible more, or maybe he has called you to pr- the pr- prophetic and you are praying more, your dream world is changed. So it's to transform you and mold you. It's, it has a bigger end. Mm. The routine has a bigger end. It's to it's make your calling sure and, and it's to transform you into the prophecies that people have told you. Oh, I, you know, when you become a, a young believer and people are telling you, hey, I see that you are going to, you know, 
have an album like <clears throat> I don't even have a voice <laughs> where am I gonna get that from oh I see you preaching a, st- a stadium and you're like how do I get there oh you can get that in, that, in the orthodox church <laughs> yeah like I'm sorry I don't know how many people listen to the podcast so I'm just saying that the beauty <laughs> of being naive in the beginning is fine because you don't know and God is growing you to transform you for, to become what he had desired you to be before you were conceived in your mother's womb. Um, so I'll leave that. Let me, let me, so, you know, I, I know you said points one, gifts and then you didn't give us point two. This is a deeper relationship with God, I would say. So now, again, the question has two sides to it because mm-hmm. there's also purpose that my wife insinuated that there's purpose and also discipline. Um, to do certain things. Uh, however, I would say emphatically that it's not it it's not wise to build um, a Christian relationship, especially as a new believer, on a lot of religious activity. I, I, I would say that emphatically. I uh, there, there is always I mean, you know, honestly, most of us have come from very different backgrounds in Christianity, Baptist, charismatic churches, some of us has been in so many other different denominations just to see, you know, what it means to grow or what it, me- what it means to be a Christian. And then you get into all these churches, sometimes you don't even fit in because they, one, you cannot cope with the ritual of what is being asked or, or two, um, the sermons seem being above you, um, above you, or you don't see the purpose for it as much, right? So how many of us just started really, you know, we, Basically, became born again. Hey, where's your tight? You know, where is uh, you know, speaking in tongues? Like, all yeah. of a sudden, you're like, wait, wait, hang on. I'm supposed to give this much. Oh, why? Because the Bible says so, right? So, um, all of a sudden, just like kids, we are not teaching them why they have to go to school. First, there's like, hey, you are in daycare and handle that, right? And the kids are like, wait, okay, I, I don't know, right? And it, this is a two year old. So, do I come back home and drink breast milk again, or what do I do? Like, you're not confused because you are just inserted, right, mm. into a position of like. Um, of a mixture of people that you are hoping that this is what it means to be Christian. Eh. And then there's a red flag. All of a sudden, you start checking the boxes, trying to see which boxes you can merge in. You don't want to lag behind as well because now others now begin to fake the funk. There are people with fake tongues. There are people who are like, oh, yeah, I can do this. I can do I can't do that. Oh, I want to join the choir immediately. I want to take this position immediately. Oh, I want to be an usher team. So a lot, of, a lot of people now start getting into the aspect of I want to do something just to quicken me. Now, the Bible doesn't support that as your fundamental aspect of growth, where you get into deeds and responsibilities that quickly. In fact, even even offices, the Bible doesn't allow for a novice. But let me actually bring it down. Remember, the means to, when we look at um, the silent years of Jesus Christ, and the silence of John the Baptist in Luke 180 and Luke 252, what did they end up doing? All that time that you may call them new believers, Jesus has 12, John about in the wilderness. He spent time growing in wisdom, in favor, and in stature for God and man. The time spent for growth by a Christian is not usually a build in the church that much. But here's where First Peter 2, 2 comes in. That as newborn babies, the first thing that you have to check to see is the desire to the milk of God, that you may grow thereby. That is the first things you want a Christian to have a desire for. Not, not push it on them, but stir up the desire for them to have and want milk. 
introduce them to milk in the way that they can love it. And that's why sometimes we come and question the teaching because if you're under a law teacher, most of the time, you may not even have the desire. So you as a believer, that's why, because it does not, the law may not edify, you'll kill, the letter kill it. But when you are preaching on a spirit of grace and truth, Bible means you understand that grace edifies the hearers. Oh, that kid will want more. That new believer then starts to start aspiring for that which he needs to go thereby, desiring this ceremony. So when you stir up that desire as, as, as a pastor, as an evangelist, as any, as any elder, or whatever you are in the, in, the, in the body of Christ, then all of a sudden you see new believers now thirsty and then getting a sense of purpose like I feel like I've been given the grace for. Because strong meat is for them, which by reason of one usage, exercised. Because they know what is useful, they exercise mm. their senses. So you can't give that strong meat. You're going, you're talking about tight, you know, and uh, and the spiritual anointing of the masters of the things of the spirit. And the person is like, hey, you know, hey, what do I do here? You know, hey, we are all praying, you know, five to ten. I'm here to all night. Meanwhile, new believer, five to ten, that person. Yes, work tomorrow. Five minutes. Five minutes. Five minutes and you're done. Yeah, we all used to be like that. You know, when you when you start, you know, because whatever the prayer leader, prayer warrior, he himself, you know, for like five hours, right? You don't know what he's talking about because most of the time he gives you the prayer point and he's on for like 30 minutes, you know, um, behind the pulpit down there. Yeah, yeah. And you are like, okay, well, hang on. You know, my, you started praying. You know, you like, thank you, Jesus, and all that kind of sweet stuff. Then you start 30 minutes, and you're like, ah, five minutes. Yeah, the Holy Spirit, we thank you, and all that. Then after you start, you start, you know, pray for 10, start opening up the Bible to read Psalm 91 to see if you can get some inspiration to continue that prayer. <laughs> after, after, but, you know, the new one, the guy with the mic is, Kaya, Kaya, he's on the phone rolling, you know, and everything. And then, so you are hoping and praying that we do that two hours. Because mm. all night, you are praying to pray the worship team come and take the location. Because you are a new believer that has not been taught to desire. Yeah. That has not has not had the groanings of the spirit. That does yeah. not be that does not be stirred up in because the when the word of God is really taught right, um, it pricks to the heart, it brings a level of conviction, it's quick and active. It will mm. make you active in the spirit. Mm. But it's if it's not there, that's a fundamental thing. The word of the word of God in a grace that is as aligned into truth, a person then begins to desire God. It changes. So we, so again, we it falls back on how the church, how we have been, how it's been organized, and how the new believer is 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 immersed into the the flow of things. It becomes busy and becomes tasking. So you, most people live a very fake life. It, it brings me to a question. Somebody asked, like, okay, does do, do my addictions and sins instantly? Right, yeah. because then people, some people, especially people with addictions, people with struggles, and you are like, ah, oh, but you became born again. All things are new. All you become a new creature, and people are asking, what do all I do then? You know, <laughs> if I'm still struggling with pornography, if I'm still yeah. struggling with lustful thoughts, if I'm still struggling with um, I'm drug addiction or, or weed smoking, what do I do? How do I channel myself to be able to now live this this life that I've told them? Some people have given me, I'm not born again. And they're like, oh, wait, are you still hanging out with those friends? Are you still doing that? And you don't know how to answer to that because of all of a sudden you're supposed to live this life that somebody told you, you this is how what is acceptable as a Christian. And so the real tough questions and the real navigation of truth then doesn't come to minister to a person. And so 
So people opt out of the church because they feel like I'm 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 now growing. I am yeah. doing a lot of these things, but I'm I'm the same person I used to be in year two to year eight, and I I still feel like I'm always in the funk of it. I've never really gotten any deeper revelations of the word, and neither have I as set up into amazing application of it in my life. And so people all of a sudden begin to live what we call a plateaued Christian lifestyle, or just simply decide, hey, I'm just going to yeah, I'm just going to go with my rationale here. And some things that make sense, some that don't, don't make sense. Or people just grab onto another whole different realm of spirituality and start going into that into that realm of where they're invited in the spirit for. But that is that is so in honest and fair and to be fair, it's not it's not right for us to put new believers in a place of growth under what they must do, but rather stirring up their desire for what they need to hear. Um, for then in that, you remember faith comes not by past tense, what you heard. Faith comes by hearing, present continuous tense. Mm. So he, he, in that faith, in that faith, they are able to now carry on um, the race and run to obtain the prize. In that is where then you come to a Christian who is now striving for masteries. That's mm. when we can talk about having the lines of discipline um, and then um, now assessing how your exercises are, where your meditations are, where your routines are. Now, uh, by that, that's a whole different, that's, a, that's someone who is maturing into truth and has been given the grace for it. Mm-hmm. You know what they really are called for or to have an intention of what has been revealed to them and therefore they're exercising themselves in that direction. But other than that, you can't tell somebody who doesn't even know what no. tongue speaking is, using, is being used for. To tell them to speak in tongues and yeah like okay 10 years from now you still don't have no interpretation right yeah so yeah wow that's that's really amazing um yeah i've been taking in a lot yeah so much and uh it's i i like how you brought us to the milk you know because i always like comparing everything to the life that i live and i live on a ship i remember the first day i went for boot camp then went to school learned how to be an electrician and they give me all these things i went to the ship and i was lost i did not even know they were like oh yeah go to your birth and i'm like what is a burden <laughs> and they're like yeah you just go two decks up i'm like i don't even know how to get on like can someone help me and i luckily i had a friend and she walked me through showed me okay this is where you eat this the floor here is blue so when you go one step down you see a red one this is where engineers are your burden is one step down it's light red so i started figuring out you're on the right side of the ship the numbers here positive on this side that's how i was able to navigate my way through the ship one month later, they did the in-dock where they then take you around the ship to tell you, this is what you get to do. This is what? how you escape from it. It's like opposite like, of... You guys are late. <laughs> you know, you're late. And I think that's what most people do. We do with a lot of Christians. When people come into Christ, we just let them figure it out. We bring them in. Like, hey, yeah, you, these are your orders. This is what you got to do. Go in. Figure it out. You know, and it's not correct. You know, it it makes life difficult because I'm not going to lie to you. 
it was those that one month i was stressed i didn't go to eat where i was supposed to eat for a long time because i didn't even know how to get there and the people that i was working with they would leave and then later on they'll ask me did you eat i'm like well i don't even know how to get there like (laughs) how do you expect me to eat like come on you guys yeah i know one way i get to the ship like this i come up i get this is where i work and now you guys are going this other way and you're like follow me and next thing i know you're gone like i don't know how to do that and it was so frustrating that i said okay the next person comes in the very first day you come in we start doing what we call an egress training where you close your eyes spin you around spin around and try to have you figure out how to get out of the ship you know in case of a fire or flooding or anything we do that training then when you miss it you can take an hour you can take five hours to figure your way out but once you do we then tell you walk you through and give you all that that's how you know you're walking them you're holding them by the hand even those who are coming from different ships those who are seasoned you Mm. still have to walk them through because Mm. every ship is different you know, every unless it's the same class of ship, and if it's the same class of ship, which means they're designed the same, however, they can change. Okay, the female burden will be this way, the male burden will be this way on this ship, and it switches. So you always have to ask how to navigate yourself. And people don't do that, mm. you know, and, and this this is where it makes life difficult for some of us. Oh, new Christians. And another thing you mentioned would brought me to Acts. <laughs> In Acts um, 4, when you talked about relationship, you know, um, when Peter and John spoke, it says there that the members of the council were amazed when they saw their boldness. And this did not happen based on how they were dressed, how, no, it was just... These people learned these things by being with Christ. You know, they were like, yeah, these people have been with Christ. That means there was a difference between these people and the Pharisees who actually had studied everything and everything and everything, you know, and it wasn't that they didn't have the knowledge because that's another thing you said. There is a requirement to be able to do things as Christians. However, there's also a relationship that comes with it. It's we're not staying let me do this so that I can become a Christian. That's right. Um, it's the fruits of the spirit. That's right. You know, this is what I am. This is where I am. So this is what is coming out of me, you know, and I think that is very important. It, it has changed my whole perspective. Like I am so amazed. So and good. <laughs> so, Guys, start a church. I will be there. Yes, please, 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 <laughs> please. You know. Zoom now. We can go to any church we want to. So, yeah. yeah. I mean, <laughs> please yeah Yeah, it's so i'm really thank you thank you for giving that much knowledge and that you know and yeah it's it's beautiful thank you yeah that's a lot of a lot of things yeah (laughs) but i just want to also add that sometimes we also jump on even visitors like people that visit our church for the first time Mm. right and then we just like oh do this or join this or like I'm like, can they get a moment to like? I mean, what, what do you, what do you guys, what do you think? Am I like, am I you like? You don't want them to leave. <laughs> you don't want them to leave, but like, so they can stay. How, how does that help? You know, I, I, from what I've heard, right, it doesn't help with 
they're making them making the decision to have the relationships like you're forcing the relationship mm. on them which you know i i hear about um what was it what's the word um uh, compelling right but <laughs> in some aspects right i feel like people should be allowed to decide for themselves in a way because then it be, it means more it means more to them it's more important to them. Like it's more like they treasure it more. Because even those of us that decided on our own, sometimes we get to that moment where we have to go back and remember like Mm. how the experience, right? To push up or ask for the Holy Spirit to a new feeling, right? So that we can keep living this life or keep doing what we want to do. Not like losing that fire. So can you imagine if you've been like kind of jamming down someone's throat to to be something that they are not ready, they're not ready for. Um, yeah. So I don't know. Do you guys have any comments on that? Well, <laughs> to be honest with you, right? Like this visitor thing is a big issue. It's it's a big issue because you, if you are, I mean, on on most church grounds, you would hope that you go. Oh, can you become part of us? You you, you don't want to you don't want to say it out, but you you suddenly yeah, want to like oh, yep. you know, we have you know. It, there's a after program for the kids. There is you want to show all the things that you have. So the person like, oh, you know, it's a you know, I've baited you in. You are in. Um, consider it, you know. And I, like you said, I don't think we put ourselves in people's shoes for one, um, why they are there, and two, if they because some people might just be I came to visit a friend or I'm just looking. I still have three more churches on my list I want to visit. And then I may come back here. But the essence of well, I think what we need to look at, especially those of us who are not visiting, but actually in the body, is to is again rather enjoy praying with people for them to see their purposes. If their purpose is in there, the Holy Spirit would you say, you know how in one my brother called the book of Acts. When you read Acts chapter five, chapter six, it's in, and and the, and the Lord added to their numbers daily. It was God that was adding to them, right? We don't have to manipulate people to add to the body that we are right. We 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 are in, um, because some people have other purpose and assignments somewhere else, and they may not fit in your church. Um, some people ought to be um, in places where their giftings are are, are slightly are used for certain other purposes. Um, let's say you have you have um, a church where you may use even instrumentalists, right? You have um, you have churches where they are lacking a drama, and your church has three dramas, and you want the other drama that comes just stay there and be a backup, whilst you can have the other one just be a light onto other churches. So purposes really sometimes can define, um, and so we allow we have to allow visitors to just be able to, and we have all been part of it. If you get to if you happen to come to a new church and you realize that your real gift that you're, you're much more familiar with is like, oh, singing or leading worship, and you're like, there are three worship leaders. You want you can't even try to grab a mic every day on, on, on a shift type of roster. Hey. All of a sudden, you are like, yeah, I don't find myself in here as mm-hmm. much, right? Especially already established churches. Sometimes it's very hard to get beneath to be able yeah. to even be yeah. on rotation to be part of like you know all of yeah. a sudden you let's say you were you've been a soprano or a tenor singer and you're of course like okay just to be part of it you want to at least get into alto <laughs> and then start going from there but the, the also the danger is also not going to be seeker friendly 
um, uh, that's the other side because there have been positions where we've gone to place and like, oh, I don't fit here, right? Where instead of saying that, like, I'm gonna go pray about it, um, maybe I'm the person that I'm needed to make the necessary change. I'm needed to, to be praying, not be active. So sometimes God calls some of us to be in the background, not in the foreground where you, are, you think your ministry or your talent is, but to be praying for the church to really come to the saving knowledge of God. Because there are a lot of churches, I, I guarantee you, that may not necessarily be doing everything um, biblically, you know, as maybe you may know, or God has revealed to you. And God has brought you there because there's work to be done there. And so when you become also consumer friendly or seeker friendly, it's you may end up not testing your heart to see that you're going for a church that's already built and the worship is great. But meanwhile, maybe God is calling like go and fix that worship team. And or go and and so sometimes it's it's again, we praying together for God to show us why this person is there. Um, they didn't recruit, even Apollos was on fire. They didn't just appreciate like, oh, this would be a good additional team. No, the guy was on a mission. If Peter was put to him, they told him the more accurate way, and then he went his way as the apostle was called to be. We can't always drive people into because that new visitor, you never know where he is, even the maturities of things. You just want him to be part of your team. Meanwhere, this guy could be an elder somewhere or could be an evangelist somewhere in the streets. And so, yeah, we always be again when we are number games, right? So, yeah, um, I just want to chime in that um, everybody that came to Christ had a, had a, had a need, right? Mm. Or anybody that Christ himself encountered, like the woman at the well, um, she had a need and she didn't even know she had a need, right? And with the gift of, the, of, of Christ as being a, a prophet or having the spirit of, you know, he is God, he knows all things, was able to align this woman to purpose, right? So many a times there is, and you know, even with the miracles that Christ did, um, anyone that came to Christ had a need. Whether they are conscious of it or they are not conscious of it, Christ had a way of making men aware that they need him. So when we have people come to our church and Christ is not being preached and we have an agenda, we are doing a disservice, a disservice to what, what the Christian faith is all about, right? To turn men to Christ Jesus, not to turn men to our agenda, not to turn men into joining our church and so that our numbers will increase. It's not like, it's not about how, numbers are good, don't get me wrong. It's good in terms of the manifestation of God, like men testifying that when they came to our church, our church, when they came to the <laughs> church, <laughs> they encountered Christ. That's what they're saying. And they stayed because the word of God has men manifested in their lives. That when they prayed, it's a, you know, a sincere prayer, they encountered Christ Jesus. They indeed had peace in their lives. And when they went back to drinking, they took the first sip of alcohol and it tasted horrible. They took it, a sip of weed and they no longer wanted it again. They watched a bad movie and they know that the desire has changed. So our place in people entering our church, whether new or old, is that they will, they will have another dimension of God that they've never known before, right? So um, I think as we all grow in the faith, like you said, now I'm going to say, as a new believer. <laughs> that's right. That's right. <laughs> as new believer. As we, as we all grow <laughs> in the faith and we remember our experiences, we don't want to rob people from that place where we knew that Jesus was all that we wanted. 
And so when we put activities and stuff on people, on people we rob them of, of that beautiful encounter, that thing that changed a man's life for a lifetime. Um, a man said, I read the Bible and it made sense to me. You know, I saw Jesus in a way that I've never seen before. Or now I can read the Bible by myself. You know, those moments are so beautiful. And so um, God forgive us for our agendas. And let's yes. push the agenda of Christ Jesus. So then what is the purpose? Mm-hmm. What is the purpose? Mm-hmm. And should it be a ban that a church usually has like refreshments after church only for visitors? <laughs> and the first time this, what, what is the purpose well, of that? Hospitality is not wrong. <laughs> <laughs> it's not wrong. Bread, so what huh? if it has an agenda? Because Jesus broke bread, <laughs> so what he about, fed the... We are not saying hospitality is wrong, though. Okay, so I'm a student. I just, I just came, I've been there, I've been in that church for about five years, <laughs> but I'm hungry. Would I be accepted in that, in that realm of well, hospitality David, with David, the new visitors? David, <laughs> no. Right, he went. David, David went to the holies of holies, um, to the priest, the bread that he was not supposed to have, and, and he, he was hungry and he ate it. So, as a son of the house, you still you, you should, you should be, be still to by, eat malt and drink uh, eat, yeah, eat but, bread and drink malt with a new with meat pies and and chips. <laughs> maybe as a son maybe of the you house, you have access to the food. I don't think it should be just for so food. it should be, it should be there regardless. For everyone of the respect of the church, not for only. We have a lot of churches <laughs> which have first time visitors. There's refreshments, and we would like to talk to you when they see numbers. Okay. And I'm asking now that we bring this out, does it mean that it's it's it, 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 these things now carry an agenda for first visitors? Mm. A target set agenda. Well, I we went to Ghana. I remember they only gave us, we went to certain church, they only gave us. We were the ones only get we got malt, right? We got malt, yeah. Yeah, yeah. We we feel special. (laughs) We're not going to stop it again. Guys, this has been so good and so fun. you guys always it's a blessing like i feel like i should have I, you know what we're gonna put you guys on the schedule for our next season that's right and it's gonna be video yes <laughs> it's but we'll give you season. Me next season is next year <laughs> i will not look so pregnant <laughs> we're gonna take it out don't worry but um if you don't want if you don't want to um it to be out but um thank you guys so much i always love like i always say this after every episode i love talking about god with god mm. people it yeah. refreshes me it edifies me i've learned so much here today and i hope that um whoever is listening has also gotten something um we just want to thank you guys god bless you guys bless your family deeply mm. heavily mightily make his face shine upon you guys um thank you so much and if you guys have any comments or questions, we have an Instagram page at the Filler Media Podcast. You can go and that's a DM. Slide in our DMs. Um, leave us a comment. Subscribe to the And yeah, we'll see you guys next week. It's been fun. 